Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good morning here in Miami. Good afternoon and good evening and wherever you are around the world. Uh, give me a thumbs up and just say hi. Let me know you're in here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> great to see everybody. And just so you know... If the Zoom room gets filled, I have set it up to live stream on my Facebook page. So if you have friends texting you that you wanted to watch together and they can't get in, would you please let them know? Uh, just find my personal page on Facebook and join us over there. See how my light is doing here? It's kind of cloudy in Miami today. So let me take you back a couple of decades. Uh, this time of year, but a little bit earlier because it was, and I know the exact date because it was Christmas Eve. So I was over that way, staying at the Miami Airport Marriott on Christmas Eve and I had a journal like this, not this particular journal, because the journal I had, I have put it in a place that nobody in the world can ever find it except me. Because on that Christmas Eve, I was staying at the Miami Airport Marriott because I was at the end of my, uh, of a recent breakup. It was the 11th negative dysfunctional relationship in a row that I had experienced in my life. So I was going through all the, the trauma and the drama of ending that relationship and knowing that it was just like the relationship before that and the one before that and the one before that, literally 11 in a row. And why I had the journal is I was writing my suicide commentary. It wasn't a suicide note for anybody else. It was the commentary to myself on why suicide was the right thing for me to do. Because I'm a writer, right? In my essence, I'm happiest when I'm in my lonely writer's garret writing. So that's how I communicate, even with myself. If you look, all my books, all my blogs, really who I write those for are, are myself. It's how I clarify my thoughts. So I was clarifying my thoughts on why I needed to kill myself and why it just really didn't make sense to, to keep going on living because I had, I had started over so many times, right? So you take 11 dysfunctional relationships in a row. And so I'm thinking about them and I'm saying, okay, what are, what are the commonalities? What, what, what keeps coming up so that every one of these relationships is so toxic? What, you know, where were they from? How old were they? What was their race? You know, what, what are the commonalities in these 11 negative people who somehow I have been victimized by? And of course, after much deliberation, I came to understand that there was only one common denominator in those 11 relationships. And it was me. And it wasn't about those 11 people. It was about me and the negative paths that I had to keep repeating. Because I had 11 people who desperately wanted to love me, but I couldn't let them love me because I didn't love myself. Does anybody relate to that? And you know what, let me, I'm gonna turn on some more lights here. Uh, 
Hopefully the mic is carrying for me there. If you know, give me a sign in the in the thing if if you know what I'm talking about, right? Or hit me up in the comments for you guys on Facebook. Hey, check in there and say something because I can't see the the Facebook screen from here. I can only see the WhatsApp screen. Uh, but you know how it is when you when you realize, wow, it's not my ex. It's not President Trump. It's not the economy. It's not my neighbors. It's not anything except me. And when you reach that kind of moment in your life, a lot of people, you, you face that choice, which is where I was that night, which is, hey, do I need to just end this all? Because this isn't working. I have tried to remake myself because many of you know my story. I was in jail for armed robbery at 15 years old. And I made myself over. I had had some business setbacks and I made myself over. And I had had those previous negative relationships and I had made myself over. And then here I was at what I thought was a very advanced stage of my life at that point. And I realized I hate my life. And the reason I hate my life is because I hate myself. And, you know, when you draw that conclusion, it's a really, really dangerous conclusion, or it can be a liberating conclusion. And sometimes I believe the, the, the most important days of our life might be the day we realize some bridges are meant to be burned. And I recognized I didn't have to kill myself. I could kill off the old version of myself. I could kill off the things about myself that I don't know, that I don't like, that, that make me not like myself or make me hate myself. And, and so I don't know where you guys are. Every one of you is in a different place, but I'm directing this to you right now, you, because you've got to make that decision. And some of you are in a much, and I hope all of you actually, but I don't know, but I hope all of you watching anywhere in the world right now are in a much better place than I was, but also in a place where you can really effectively think about yourself and say, okay, do I need to just modify some things to live a more prosperous life? a life that is a higher version of what I want to do? Or do I really, do I need a, a, a radical rebirth? A lot of you know, that's the name of my new book coming out January 12th, right? Radical Rebirth. And, you know, I joked around in the email that I, I said I was the most qualified person in the world uh, I was the world's preeminent expert in, in how to uh, kill off the old version of you because I've had to do that so many times. But what I want you to know is there is hope that you can do this. You can hate things about yourself, but still fall in love with yourself come to the place where you are comfortable in your own skin, where you love yourself enough that you will allow other people to love you. And that's really what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, let me see time-wise what we're doing. Uh, there's some things, I put a list in the email about the, how to know, are you ready for a rebirth? Is it time to remake your life? And I just, because it's January 2nd now, we're in the new year. Obviously 2020 was a year of pretty <laughs> interesting things happening around the world. Um, and this worldwide pandemic and the economic consequences from the worldwide pandemic, uh, just so many things that have challenged us, right? Uh, so this is really a perfect time to, to remake ourselves. And I know a lot of people do resolutions on New Year's Eve, uh, but I think the problem 
problem with resolutions is we're dealing with symptoms, right? Oh, I don't like the fact that I smoke. I need to, so my resolution is I'm gonna quit smoking or I'm 10 pounds overweight. So my resolution is I'm going to go on a diet or my resolution is I'm gonna go into the gym five times a week. Those resolutions are usually dealing with the symptoms, but not the cause. And the cause is who you are. The cause is your core foundational beliefs. And I'm going to go really out on a limb here, and I'm going to say something that may shock a lot of you. But I'm going to say that the real cause of not living a prosperous life is low self-esteem. Obviously, if you follow my work for a while, you know I talk about worthiness issues, worthiness issues, worthiness issues all the time. But where they come from is low self-esteem. So the resolutions are dealing with the symptoms, but they're not dealing with this issue of who you become. How do you create a new, higher version of you? How do you reach the highest possible version of yourself. So here's the list I put in the, uh, I wrote a blog about this. I hope you all read that. But here's how to know if you're ready for a rebirth. You keep beating yourself up. You're powerless over an addiction. You can't seem to ever forgive yourself. You went into a career to make your parents happy or your counselors or your teachers happy, but it isn't what you really would have done. You're stuck in a negative dysfunctional relationship or plural. You have high levels of credit card and other debts. You make decisions on social signaling. I'm gonna buy a Lexus because that will impress my neighbor. I'm gonna buy a BMW because when I post it on my Instagram account, my friends are gonna be uh, jealous of me. Uh, if you're making decisions on signaling, big, big red flag. And foremost is if you just feel like there's no meaning, no purpose to your life. So how do we deal with that? I think you've got really the premise of the book, and this is the premise we're going to do. And you know, I hope you know, this is the inaugural session. We're going to get together every Saturday from now till forever. We're going to spread the message of prosperity around the world. I can tell you there's already a couple of people who are working to uh, take these lessons and share them in the uh, Latin, Latin American community. I've got uh, Alex Dimitrenko in Russia is going to do the same thing, spreading it in the uh, Russian language. And I hope this is just going to go around the world. And like I say, literally, I have a huge vision for this. I think the people who are taking their vacations on the moon will be able to experience this service one day. And if Elon Musk does what I think he's capable of doing, uh, maybe may not be me and maybe one of you is leading these uh, celebration services on Mars one day, right? Where we just, we know there is prosperity everywhere in the universe, but we know it begins with us. So where do we go to recreate? So you, you, you make the decision, which is, okay, I hate my life. I hate myself. My life sucks, which is where I was when I was sitting in that depressing room in the Miami airport mirror. What had happened, so I, I broke up right? The relationship. And I said, you know, I want to be the, a good guy. So you keep the house, you keep all the furniture, you keep everything. I'll pay the bills. I have all these frequent flyer miles because I'm a professional speaker. So I cashed in my frequent flyer miles and I moved into the Miami airport Marriott, which has a view at that time of a parking lot and dumpsters and I mean, just the most depressing place you could ever spend a Christmas Eve by yourself crying in your journal, right? So you decide, okay, am I at that point 
where I need to kill off the old me, or hopefully you're at a much higher level of consciousness and you say, hey, I've done some good things. I've created some, uh, I have some beautiful children. I have a wonderful family or I have my health. Uh, I've, I've uh, done some amazing accomplishments and I know there's higher levels I can reach. So maybe you don't have to kill off the old you, you can do what I later could do, which was, I feel like the first two or three rebirths I had to do, I was running away from the old version of me that I hated. But after a couple of those, and that's where I wanna get everybody who, who listens to these services every Saturday, to the next level where you, you don't have to run away from the version of you that you don't like anymore. You can run toward the new version of you, which you know is the next evolution for you, the next uh, upgrade in your consciousness and your lifestyle. And so when I say, I believe it all goes back to self-esteem because think of this, uh, you know, I, I think the really, the tipping point time or the seminal moment for most people is when you first reach adulthood, you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you're making a decision, maybe you're going to college or you made a decision not to go to college and you're entering the workforce, right? So you have a, a, certain, uh, um, a certain level of self-esteem at that point. So think about if you're 18 or 19 at that point and you have a low self-esteem. You think good things happen to other people. You expect bad things to happen to you. You don't expect to be healthy. You don't expect to be happy. You don't expect to be wealthy. How do you think your life will play out if you, that's the vision you have for your future? If that's the vision you have for yourself? Now picture you're 18, 19, 20 years old, and you have a really high self-esteem. You love yourself. You're comfortable in your own skin. You like yourself, right? You allow other people to like you and love you. And you expect to be healthy. You expect to be happy. You expect to be wealthy. How do you think the difference, if we took two 19-year-olds at that stage of their life, one has the low self-esteem and expects bad things to happen. One has a high self-esteem and expects good things to happen. What do you think the difference? How do you think that's going to play out? And this is what I believe. The premise of the book is I broke your life down into six main categories. And these categories are where you develop your core foundational beliefs in these six areas. So let me run through the list with you. Uh, number one, and somebody type these in the chat, if you would, for those who are kind of following along. I know we have, uh, I got a text from Payam. I know we've got Iranians on here who are uh, not that proficient in English. And I know we have some other people that English is a second or third language. So if you would, somebody just type these in there. Uh, area number one, money success. Money success. Area number two, marriage relationships. Area number three, sex, sexuality. Sex, sexuality, number three. Number four, God and religion. God and religion. Number five, health and wellness. And number six, career and work. So money, success, marriage, relationships, sex, sexuality, God, religion, health slash wellness, career slash work. My premise is you have created the, your core foundational beliefs in every one of these 10 areas by the time you are 10 years old. And those core foundational beliefs determine what happens in your life, even when you're 40 and 50 and 60 years old. And that may seem shocking to you. You may say, okay, come on, Randy, that can't be. You're, you're trying to tell me 
that I blew up my marriage when I was 35 because of something I learned when you, I was seven years old. And I'm telling you, absolutely, absolutely. You tell me, I, you mean I sabotaged my career at 40 years old because of a core foundational belief that I developed at eight years old? Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Because I see, I've been studying these principles of prosperity for 30 years now. I've been coaching people and working with them for 30 years now and teaching these kind of classes and courses. And I'm telling you, I see it all the time. So again, if we, if we look at the list, you know, money success, right? I mean, did you grow up and your parents say, we can't afford that. Money doesn't grow on trees. We may not be rich, but at least we're honest. Right. All those by the time you were six, you had a core foundational belief about money and rich people. And if you're like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population, that core belief was uh, money is bad. It's spiritual to be poor and rich people are evil. Marriage and relationships. Did your parents fight all the time? Do you come from a single parent family? Did your parents get divorced at a young age? Did one of your parents cheat on the other one? Was one of your parents abusive to the other one? I mean, your core foundational beliefs about marriage and relationship, they were set six, eight, nine years old. You say, but I don't have to repeat them. Of course you don't have to repeat them. But you probably did, because that's what most people do, because they've never consciously looked at these things. Sex and sexuality. I could do the next 175 days live streaming just about the limiting beliefs about sex and sexuality and sexual hangups and crazy dysfunctional beliefs that people have about that, right? So, of course, you, you probably, before you even reached puberty, you probably had wacko crazy ideas about sex and sexuality. God and religion. Obviously, you know, this is, I call, you know, I jokingly call this the unchurch because this is not a church. This is not a religion. I am not a, I am a preacher, but I'm a... <laughs> a preacher of prosperity, a preacher of success, a prophet of profit, right? Um, but I'm, I don't want to get in that realm. And, and because if you follow my work, you know, I think there's so many, and I spent 20 years as a lay minister right across the Bay here at Unity on the Bay Church. And I love the good things that religion can do. I also hate the bad things that organized religions do as entities. And I find they create more limiting beliefs about self-esteem, health, and prosperity than probably any other institution in the world. The, the guilty parties are the education system, the organized religion, governments, and then of course the data sphere, social media, the internet, entertainment, all of that perpetuates all those. And we're going we're gonna to dig deep into a lot of these topics in the, uh, in the future classes on Saturdays. Uh, health and wellness, right? Uh, I remember my, my great aunt, she was in her early 80s, late 70s, probably at that point. And I went up, you know, I used to visit her. She used to live up in uh, Boca Raton before she died. And she was always sick, always in the hospital. So finally, I was like, Nettie, I'm going to bring you to my doctor. I'm going to come up and get you, bring you down to Miami and take you to my doctor. And we're going to just see what's up. And I want to bring all of the, the medicines that you're taking right now. She had 15 prescriptions that she took on a daily basis. The podiatrist sent her one, the heart specialist gave her this one, this one. So I take all these 15 prescriptions. I bring her to my doctor. My doctor says, this prescription is counterindicated by that prescription. 
This one is diluting that one. These are fighting with each other. These prescriptions that you're taking every day are making you sicker, right? How many of you know people like that? How many, think about when you grow up, do you, do you, you know, the core belief I think most people have now is, okay, you're skinny as a kid. <clears throat> and then when you get in your 20s, you carry an extra five pounds and then it's five more pounds when you're in your 30s and five more pounds in your 40s. And, and that's like a core foundational belief. That's not healthy. That's not normal. That's not prosperous. That's killing you if you have that belief. If you have the belief that, okay, it's, it's just normal that somebody should have 10 or 12 or 15 prescriptions every day to stay healthy. That's not normal. Right. If your idea of food is a breakfast cereal that has a expiration date three years from now, that's not food. OK, food is fruits and vegetables and nuts. Right. But these core foundational beliefs, they, you do them so early and then they 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 imprint your whole life for you. And then finally, let's look at the last one. Um, career and work, you know, how many people believe that to create a successful company, you have to rape and pillage and plunder the environment and exploit poor people? How many people believe, okay, so for me to be successful in my career, I've got to be a bad mom or I've got to be a bad father and spend 90 hours a week at the office? Right. Give me a sign. You, you, you hear where I'm coming from. Do you see how these beliefs can can just sabotage your whole life? So that's how you got here. So whatever. Oops. Bite up in the mic. Wherever you're at right now, understand this is the those beliefs that you got at seven, six, nine years old are still affecting you at 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. And that's what we're going to explore every Saturday in these lessons together, right? Here's what the process looks like. Uh, this is detailed in the book, but we're going to do deep dives in this every week, right? Because I told you, your core programming causes you develop, you know, your programming, meaning your parents, the TV shows you watch, the books you read, the websites you visit, the blogs you visit, your social media, all of the people you follow on social media, right? All of those things are programming. And those institutions that uh, I talked about earlier, uh, government, organized religion, right? So we have lots of institutions like that, that are, they're programming. They, you know, I call it brainwashing that uh, usually offends uh, a lot of people. Man, the light is horrible. I can't believe Miami is letting me down with no sunshine today. So, uh, you know, this really is programming. So you're getting programmed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's, it's not good programming, right? It's that money is bad, rich people are evil. It's noble to be poor. It's spiritual to be poor. Um, these are not beliefs that serve you. And as a result, they create a vision for you. And here's the thing I want you to understand. Let me see how I'm doing time-wise. Um, your vision is... The life you're living right this moment is the result of the vision you have for yourself. Whatever is going on in your life right now, if, if you know, you're watching this from a hospital bed, if you're watching this from a penitentiary, if you're watching this um, and you're about to win the Grammy for Best New Artist, if you're watching this. Now, I get things happen, right? There are certain circumstances that happen to all of us that we have no control over, right? If a meteorite comes out of the sky and lands on my condo right now, I don't have any control over that, right? So there are things like that we don't control. But it's 
simply shocking how much we do control about our lives. So when I tell people that where you are right now is the manifestation of the vision that you have for yourself, it might piss you off. It just might. And I'm sorry if it does. No, I'm not sorry. Let me not affirm that. I'm glad if it does. Because maybe if it pisses you off, that will be the wake-up call you, you need to say, okay, wait a minute. I need to, I need to accept reality here. I need to accept the reality that um, I have had a negative vision for my life or I have had a new, because the, the, the pushback that I get from people often is, well, I don't really have a vision. You know, that's my problem. I don't really have a vision, uh, but that's not true. Everybody has a vision. What you've got to understand is there are three different kinds of visions. There are, let me just check in if they're, okay, good crowd here. Let me make sure there's no, I'm checking if anybody had trouble getting in or whatever. Okay, move that. Um, it's a positive vision. That's what most people think of. Oh yes, I have a positive, right? But there's also a negative vision. Those are the people that expect bad things to happen. And then there's neutral vision. And there are billions of people with each of those negative and neutral visions, right? They're the people, life's a bitch and then you die. You know, they're always waiting for the next shoe to drop. They expect that bad things happen and that good things only happen to other people, right? Um, th then there's the neutral vision, which is, hey, just keep your head below the cubicle, don't make any waves, um, and just get through the week. And then at, uh, you know, Friday night, um, you can just, you know, you go to Pizza Hut and, uh, you know, binge and get your 12 pack for the weekend, get your Netflix, and then you just binge out all weekend watching stuff uh, until um, I'm trying to get better light here. I'm going to see, let me see if I can move this. Um, let me put down. I don't want the sun in my eyes, but I'd like to get a little light for you guys. <laughs> and did I clean my kitchen? How's my kitchen? Do I look like a slob? <laughs> uh, okay, my kitchen's good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that, uh, right? So um, these two, you've got one of these kind of vision. You're, you've got a positive vision, a negative vision, or a neutral vision. And that vision is determining your daily habits and actions. People who have a negative vision, they don't jump out of bed and do cardio in the morning. People who have a negative vision for themselves don't eat healthy. People who don't have a people who have a negative vision of themselves, they don't pursue bold, daring, and imaginative goals. They just don't because they don't expect good things are going to happen for them. So they don't try for those. This is why I say this level of self-esteem, I, I just think the self-esteem is the undiscovered mystery of prosperity. And why I started this, uh, this ministry of prosperity is because I know, I, you know, I call my business Prosperity Factory because I believe prosperity can be manufactured. I believe there is a formula that you follow. If you put together the right ingredients, if you follow the right process, you can improve your self-esteem. And when you improve your self-esteem, you will manifest more prosperity. So uh, let me give you the, the process of what got you to where you are at this exact moment in the space-time continuum. Step one, your programming causes you to, to develop core foundational beliefs in all those six areas that we talked about earlier. Your core foundational beliefs determined what type of vision you have for yourself. Is it positive? Is it neutral? Is it negative? 
That vision determines your daily habits and actions. And then your daily habits determine your destiny. And this is why you're going to see the core foundation of everything we talk about uh, in, in all of this is going to be you as a co-creator that I believe you can co-create your life, your prosperity. Let me bring this down. Give me a thumbs up or uh, uh, just uh, say hi, something in the chat. Give me an amen, give me a yo, give me something. Uh, let me put the chat here so I can see it. Um, all right, all right, lots of, all right, lots of feedback there. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, uh, let me move that, all right, so. Now, how do we get you to where you want to be? That's what we're going to do is we're going to re we're going to reverse engineer the process of what got you here. Right. So now step one is we're going to elevate your programming and transform your core foundational beliefs. That's what we're going to do every Saturday. This is about elevating your programming, right? To change your, we're going to transform your core foundational beliefs about money, about sex, about work, about health, all of those six areas. We're going to find the limiting beliefs that you have in those areas, and we're going to blow them up and replace them with positive beliefs with beliefs that empower you, with beliefs that I believe are the truth, the real truth, because I believe you were born to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. I, Charles Fillmore shocked the religious community when he said, poverty is a sin. And I blog about that frequently and I shock people and I alienate people and I piss off people when I say that. But I really believe that. And I believe the, the, the research supports that. The science supports that because uh, like when you hear these Bible verses and, and people tell you things in the Bible, you have to understand the Bible is not written in your language unless you happen to speak Aramaic. Okay, if you speak Aramaic, beautiful. The Bible was written in your language. But if you don't speak Aramaic, that's the language the Bible was written in. And the definition of sin in Aramaic is to miss the mark. And that's why I believe Poverty is a sin because when you live in poverty, you're missing the mark of the force that creates. It's an insult to the force that created you. I really believe that. Um, let's say you don't, you're not a Christian. Maybe you followed the course in miracles. Have you ever studied that? I know a lot. I did for a couple of years. I'm sure many of you did as well. The course in miracles defines sin as a lack of of love. And you know what? I, I would buy into that description as well, right? That when we're not living in prosperity, we are, uh, you know, experiencing a lack of love. And that's, sorry if I'm shaking the screen, I'm trying to get the chat again so I can see it. Let me close that. By the way, you notice I'm doing this without an assistant because I'm looking for a Miami-based intern, somebody who's brilliant with social media, Instagram stories, TikTok. They're a savant with live streaming platforms like Zoom and the other ones and Facebook and YouTube streaming. And they're creative and they're brilliant and they want to be an intern. This could be the opportunity of a lifetime for them. So anybody watching in Miami or if you know someone in Miami who fits that criteria, they need to be young or young at heart, fierce, focused, 
and passionate about prosperity. So if you know someone like that, get them in touch because we're going to grow this broadcast each and every every week, right? Uh, so now we want to re, re, you know, we're re-engineering, reverse engineering the process. So we elevate the programming through this and, you know, other things, podcasts you listen to, books that you read. There are ways to elevate and counter program against the negative programming you're receiving, right? So they, we transform your core beliefs. Once we transform your core beliefs, you upgrade your vision. Once you upgrade your vision, you upgrade your daily habits. And when you upgrade your daily habits, that's how you create your destiny. That is how you have a radical rebirth. Is we like to say, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to create my destiny, but you, nobody really um, uh, creates their destiny. What they do is they create their daily habits, and then their daily habits create their destiny. Uh, and that's what we're going to do together over the course of these lessons every week. Uh, like I say, it, it's what do you, I think you're going to find. Here's what I would like to share with you about my, my vision for all of this. And I hope you are, those of you guys who are, are buying into the vision and, and want to join me on this journey. Uh, I found in my darkest moments, I turned to spirit, right? Um, I was having it. And so I've, I have helped to build two churches in my lifetime. Uh, I helped to build a church. And again, both times I turned to spirit in times of personal challenge. So I had a, a horrible business failure when I was living in North Carolina for a year or two. And I was a knock at my door one day and it was a guy named Jack and he was a minister and he was starting a church in Raleigh, North Carolina. And he was renting and a, a, a classroom in a school and holding services in the school. And he knocked on my door, just proselytizing. And I was at a moment in my life where that spoke to me and I helped build that church, right? Um, and then went back to Miami and of course, had another dark time in my life over there at the airport Marriott Hotel and realized I've got to re I've got to redo myself again. I've got to make myself over again. And people started talking to me about unity and science of mind churches. And I got the the science of mind by Ernest Holmes. That was one of the most impactful books in my life. Uh, and I discovered a, a Science of Mind church down on, I think, Miller Road in Miami. And then people kept telling me about Unity on the Bay in Miami. So I went to Unity on the Bay in Miami. And the first Sunday I went there, there was like nine people in the congregation. Uh, and a couple of them were probably just prostitutes who had come in from Biscayne Boulevard to get out of the heat and get in some air conditioning. This was in the, uh, the cocaine cowboy days of Miami. Uh, Biscayne Boulevard was a war zone. So this once vibrant, prosperous church had turned into nine people going there on a Sunday. And the head of the entire Unity Worldwide Ministry, uh, uh, Bill Cameron, who was a biblical scholar, felt moved to go to Miami and rebuild this church in the middle of a crack neighborhood. And he used to have to sleep in the church with a baseball bat to protect the, like the air conditioning units from the crackheads who would need to steal them to try and trade them in and, you know, sell them for scrap. And, um, so I, you know, I heard this man, uh, Bill Cameron, and I was like, I'm all in on this. And I committed to rebuilding that church with Reverend Cameron. And then I was the president of the board when we hired Reverend James Trapp, who hopefully is on here somewhere this morning in one of these boxes somewhere. 
Uh, and uh, I can tell you, talk about fighting for prosperity and believing in prosperity. One of the lessons we're gonna do, I wanna talk about the experience of us hiring Reverend James, because I was the guy championing him at the board of trustees. And I think at that time he wanted this crazy, ridiculous high salary of like $17,000 a year or $13,000 a year. And, but he wanted dental benefits because he needed to get his teeth fixed. And my board of trustees are saying, there's no way we can afford to bring him in. We don't have that money. That's way too much. He only agreed to that, which was a ridiculous low salary. Um, but he agreed to it because he could live in the, we had a little spare room there that he could live in. And so he said, give me the spare room and I'll do it for only this and get me dental insurance. And I had to fight and pound on the table. And then I had to basically guarantee his salary to get the board of trustees to go along with that. Because I believe that, um, you know, I'm never one of these people who believe that, that preachers should be poor. It's like, I, I see people saying, man, my, my, the minister of my church drives a Cadillac or a Lincoln, you know, why don't they give that money more to the congregation? I'm like, no, you know what? If I go to a church, I wanna go to a church where the, the preacher is driving a Lamborghini or a Viper, or a Ferrari, or a Bentley Continental GT, because now I know this this minister, this preacher, this iman, this whatever spiritual leader, they understand how prosperity works. I want to be with a prosperous spiritual leader. So of course, we rebuilt that church, and it's just even today an amazing success story. Uh, and they're doing the services virtual now because of COVID and they're looking for a new home and exciting things happening for them over there. Uh, but along the way, you know, I, I loved my experience there, but I've also had a lot of changing beliefs about God and religion. Uh, I often joke and say I'm a fundamentalist agnostic um, because I question the premise of everything. And so, um, I went on a two-year sabbatical and continued deep, deep study in religion and organized religions. And I realized for me in those dark moments, it was about spirit, but it wasn't about religion. And I have to tell you, this, this uh, pandemic has really transformed my worldview. Um, I saw almost a million dollars worth of business evaporate in almost in less than 10 days in February when the pandemic first hit. And I questioned my own, like, wow, am I, how is my own prosperity? Am I going to get through this? Am I going to make this? And I realized, yeah, you know what? I'm going to reinvent myself some. I'm going to do more streaming events and not less, not as many live events. And more consulting and my business model is going to change. And I actually have had a very prosperous 2020. Um, but I was really concerned because I was supporting about five different families that were not weathering the pandemic very well. You know, and I'm the kind of, I'm the, I'm the firewall for my family, right? My mother is in her eighties. Uh, I'm the one who, kind of figured the money thing out. And I'm the one who kind of takes care of the family. And um, I feel a real responsibility for that. And then other people, if you live in Miami, you know a lot of people who are undocumented and they don't get government aid and government programs and they're under the radar and they're good people working hard and they needed support and I was supporting them. And my housekeeper and my assistant Lornette has been with me for 30 years almost, and I wanted to make sure to learn that, right? So I just felt like, I don't think I've done my job right, teaching the principles of prosperity, because there's too many people in the world who still aren't manifesting the kind of prosperity they should. They, they've not been able to get the money thing out of the way. And this idea of starting a a weekly prosperity course again. I had taught this at Unity for many years and I've done some online programs of it and I've got some online albums and, and programs, courses that people can take. 
but I just was really thinking about it all this month of December. And I decided I'm going to pull the trigger on this, but I'm not going to start a church. I'm going to start an unchurch. I'm going to build this as a for-profit. This is just part of my business uh, model of teaching prosperity, which I've been doing for 30 years with my podcasts and my blogs and my YouTube channel and my speeches and my coaching programs and all of that. And I'm just going to take it out of the world, but I'm going to make a commitment for the people who want to join me on the journey and want to tune in every Saturday. And I do envision uh, a spiritual community where people will meet and do this in person. And we can have a live service with music and celebration and everything every week when the vaccines are really out there and COVID-19 is kind of in the mirror behind us. And I envision a spiritual community meeting every Saturday online all over the world and then other worlds. And, um, and then people, uh, you know, who could be here in person every week. And so I'm going to start this ministry as it is, the way we're doing it right now. Um, and what I feel like is, okay, if I pull back on all the blogs and the podcasts and all of the other stuff and who's ever holding up your credit card <laughs> to support me already, I love you. <laughs> That's funny. Because um, I thought, okay, I need to do a better job of this teaching prosperity, but I can't give up all this free stuff I do, the YouTube channel and the podcast for the people who can't afford to hire me for my coaching programs. So that's why I came up with this idea, this service. So this is going to be done as a love offering basis. And if you've ever been to a Science of Mind or Unity Church, you're familiar with it. If you haven't, what it means is you just give out of your heart what you think it's worth. You know, if I was just doing this as a seminar every week, I'd probably charge $47 a week or $77 a week and do a live streaming thing. But I don't want anyone in the world who can't afford to pay to miss this. So here's what we did. Um, you guys who are on two screens, please go to randygage.com forward slash go. And that's the page where you can donate and support the work. So for you guys who can, uh, who've been impacted by my work and want to support it. So, and I'm going to put it up to you guys to see, is the universe ready for this? We're going to, it looks like we have a lot of people in the room right now. Uh, a lot of people excited about this. My phone has blown up. My blog has blown up. I think the world is ready for this. I think the universe is ready, but it's totally going to be up to you guys. Do you show up every Saturday? Do you invite other people? Do we grow this prosperity community? So if you want to support the work, go to randygage.com forward slash go. And then, so we're going to do the love offering. And let me find my... This is the affirmation. So if you want to follow along, randygage.com, go. And for you guys who are only on one screen and you have to stay here, uh, you can check afterward. And I'm going to read the affirmation out loud. This is what we say. If you're going to send a check, hold your checkbook in your hand. If you're going to, you have cash, hold the cash in your hand. But it, most of you, you're going to send it by Venmo or you're going to do it on the website. So here's the affirmation for our offering. And uh, you guys who want to receive it, you hold up your hands and I'm going to send you the energy through the internet, okay? Um, here is the offering statement. Uh, we celebrate the following truth. We, no, I'm reading the wrong one. That's that, what I want to tell you at the end. Here's the one for the offering. Get the energy. Hey, it's the first one. <laughs> All right. Prosperity begins with me. Holding this tithe in my hand or my heart, I now send it forth as a seed offering of hope, healing, and highest good. Knowing that it blesses myself the recipient and the universe around us. And so it is. 
Okay, final thoughts. Uh, next week, this is going to be, and I think probably every week, this is going to be at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, today, I actually, for you guys who are going to the virtual mastermind event, you know I'm doing the opening keynote at that in an hour or two, so I needed to move this uh, service up this week. Um, but starting next week, 10 a.m. Eastern, we're going to try that. That would be 10 a.m. New York, Eastern Canada, uh, 9 Central, 7 a.m. L.A. Uh, you know, you can look up the times. Um, so let me ask you to journey back with me once again. Uh, but this time, not to the airport Marriott and me on Christmas Eve, but I want you to journey back to your darkest moment. The dark times for you, the time when you really were questioning your future, yourself, how you felt about yourself, your prosperity. That might have been 15 years ago. That might have been 15 minutes ago. But I want you to go back to that place and recognize that you're still here. You still made it. And remember the real lesson that I learned at that airport Marriott was I didn't have to end my life. I had the option to end the things about myself that I didn't like, that I didn't love. And that's the opportunity you have. You really can create a radical rebirth for yourself. You really, and it's not about you reach this certain destination because it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Um, you know, my friends joke around because, you know, you know, I have people who've seen what I'm doing. Like I say, my phone just blew up when I announced this on my blog the other day. And people joke like, okay, is this your fourth midlife crisis or is this your fifth midlife crisis? Because I'm, you know, I'm having trouble keeping track. <laughs> and I say, I don't know, it's probably the fifth one. And, and so friends will say, well, are you hoping that you finally figured it out this time? You know, did, did you think you finally got it right this time? And my answer is always the same is no, I certainly hope not. Because I, I look forward to redoing myself another four or five times on this while I'm still on this planet or maybe another planet. Uh, I believe that that's what a prosperous life is about. And that's the principles we're going to study every Saturday. The principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity. Because I believe when we take the principles of prosperity, free enterprise, and generosity, that's what creates a prosperous life of hope, healing, harmony, health, highest good, uh, where you, this state that I like to call divine discontent, where you live in gratitude for the blessings you have, yet you still have the desire for, for to do, have, and become more. Emily Cady used to say, when you had a desire, that's God knocking on the door saying, hey, there's more for you. And again, this is not a church. It doesn't matter to me whether you believe in Jesus, Buddha, Allah, the universe, nature, the labels mean nothing to me. This journey together is about becoming the highest possible version of yourself. Um, and then again, here's the affirmation I would like to leave you with, and it's on that randygage.com go page, the offering statement, the affirmation. And then remember, next week will be at 10 a.m. Eastern. Um, but for those of you who can't read it, I'm going to speak it out loud. This is our, and if you can see that and you're on two screens, then say it together with me. Prosperity begins with me. We celebrate the following 
truth. We have prosperity because we choose to accept it. We circulate prosperity joyfully, lovingly, and gratefully. We become prosperity by generous daily living. Prosperity surrounds us everywhere in the universe, yet we know prosperity begins with us. And like Emily Cady said, I believe that desire is the natural form of prosperity. I think it is the force that created you knocking on the door saying you can do, have, and become more. And that's what this journey is going to be about every Saturday. So thank you all for tuning in. Please tell your friends about this. Share this in all your social media. Let's get this message out there to the universe. Love you guys. Peace. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity Podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.